0: John Hackett is a longtime assistant baseball coach at Gross Point South High School. But above all else, John Hackett is an amazing, genuine, caring human being. So it's no surprise that he leads the charge for Hackett Home Care which delivers exceptional home care services to fit a wide range of needs. If you or a loved one is growing increasingly dependent on others with everyday activities, Hackett Home Care can help regain and restore your quality of life. Whether it's in your home, assisted living facility, or in the hospital, their caregivers will come to you to provide you with the most compassionate care possible. Specializing in things like Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, traumatic brain injury, and catastrophic injury care. Hackett Home Care's caregivers will give you medication reminders, meal preparation, light housekeeping, fall prevention, And the best part is, they're around up to 24 hours a day. Guys, when I tell you that John Hackett will do the job, I mean that he cares. And you can give him a call and find out why I'm speaking the truth at 313-319-8050. Or you can shoot him an email at coachhack19 at yahoo.com. That's coachhack19, two H's, at yahoo.com. Or give him a call today. At
1: 313-319-8050.
0: Alright, welcome into Cold Weather Bats, State Championship Edition. Very exciting episode, I guess, in a way, bittersweet. We said that. I've said that. I've said that. I shouldn't say we. I've said bittersweet in three intros in a row. Uh, well, it's over. Season's over. 2023 season has concluded. We have some winners to talk about today, some champions, uh, some final fours to recap and, and what happened there. We've also got Andrew Abler on the show, who, spoiler alert, is from Novi, who won the Division One state championship in what was an absolutely chaotic tournament that I'm excited to recap today. And uh, plenty more to talk about. Plenty more to talk about. Brian how are we doing uh what's your thoughts on on the aftermath of what was a pretty fluid and and wildly entertaining and, and in a much different way this year than years past i think
1: yeah it was i mean we talked about it a bunch but like the d1 was out of nowhere you know for the most part and we'll talk we'll talk more in depth about it but d1 was out of nowhere for the most part which made it super interesting all by itself D2 was like literally the reverse. It was four of the top five or six teams from D2 all season were in East Lansing for the final four. So that one was interesting that way. In D3, we had a real like out of nowhere team win over the presumed favorite who we had as the favorite from January, maybe even late 2022. And D4 was interesting in and of itself because of the dynamics you have at play. You have a a really dominant team all year, you have a, a different dominant team, but one with more of a track record. You have the Upper Peninsula involved. Like it was, it was a great year for high school baseball in the state for a lot of different reasons across all four divisions. Um, and the Final Fours, I think, played that out. They were all, for the most part, great games. I think I watched like 80% of them on the broadcast. Um, it was just, a, it was a great weekend. Great, to, Great to see it culminate obviously in in a way like that and and um i don't know if we'll ever see another state tournament quite like d1 was this year i don't know that was wild
0: no that one was that was unbelievable just like the amount of chaos and it wasn't even just like the teams that were losing it was the way like certain games went i mean you think about the gross point south and woodhaven game um you had the Woodhaven come back and I mean, Woodhaven came back from like what, three different games came back from Allen park, came back from South, came back against, uh, who they, uh, Dakota. They can't, I think they had what six run inning in like the fifth, Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, so I think it's more than just Northville and, uh, Mary's and rice and all those team Adams and all those teams losing early, you know, in in the, uh, in the bracket, it's also just like the quality of the games that are being played, you know? And, um, a lot of guys got some spotlight this year that I think maybe didn't have it beforehand. Like, uh, I, I don't, can't think of any names off the top of my head, but I think this was definitely a year for like the guys who haven't been talked about as much by the showcase companies and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no offense yeah, to no, perfect game.
1: None, none taken, man. Like it's, this is like, that's a reason why it's cool in and of itself yeah. is, you know, like I don't, my thoughts on evaluating baseball players, whether it's in Michigan or anywhere else, is like I, I want to know who all the good ones are, whether they play in PG stuff or not. Like that's like that's what I you know, that's the goal. Is I want to know them all. You know, right. so like for me, I I love the and Yuli Fernsler is a great example of that. I had no idea who Yuli Fernsler was, and then he's shoving in the state final, eighty three, eighty five, lefty and deceptive, and an underclassman, and like you know, like. That's a a perfect example of that. Um, But high school sports, or, or high school in Michigan specifically, there's guys like that every single year who out of nowhere, or maybe it's not out of nowhere, but like a guy I've never heard of, whether they're underclassmen or they're seniors or whatever it is, a guy I've never heard of, doesn't do PG stuff, and he blows up, and it's actual, you know, like recruitable tools with performance and blah, 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 blah. And then if you look, that guy's got a PG profile where he's ranked in the state without ever having attended an event. How do you think that happened? You know, like I did that. So right. you know, like I it's it's like I, I get people people it, it riles me up a little bit when people are like, oh well no wonder he's not ranked. He doesn't do PG stuff. Well yeah, like that's the easiest way for us to see them. Like no kidding. Like no kidding. It, like and- you th- that's like, like some huge gotcha moment like no 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 it's literally the thing like how am i supposed to value him if i don't see him play you know and then like to my point i try and do my best yeah. But you know anyways you were one man didn't mean to get off on that tangent but like no it's fine you know like, everybody's oh, got more eyes than you do yeah right like uh, ugh, brutal man but anyways you know like I, whatever the point being it's awesome when it happens. I really like it when it does because it increases my knowledge base. And that's the whole point of what I'm doing anyways. So um, quick housekeeping notes, please follow us on social media at cold weather bats. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Um, We have enjoyed interacting more and more and more as we've grown on those channels. And um, you know, as we continue going on throughout the course of the off season, we're hoping to continue doing that. Uh, Please like rate review, subscribe, Whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, please subscribe to the show. It'll be delivered, you know, like you'll see it on your your screen when you open it up, whenever we drop a new episode. Um, And when you rate and review, that helps us with listenership, which, as I've explained before, leads to sponsorship dollars, which allows us to do cool stuff. Um, We have some cool stuff coming. We have a really, really big thing in the works for next season that we aren't quite able to announce yet, but we're hoping in the next week or two we can do that. Um, we have the CWB Awards. They're on their way. You'll hear them in the next episode. This is not a end of... It's an end-of-season episode, but it's not a we're-going-away episode. You'll hear from us next week when we do the CWB Awards. Um, We have them 85% done. There's just one or two still outstanding that we're working on, and we'll do a whole show dedicated to those. And if you follow us on Twitter, you saw us say we're not going away. The first couple years of cold weather bats, we would wrap up the state finals, maybe do an episode after that. And by July 1, we were shut down and you didn't hear from us again, other than maybe on Twitter once in a while until January. It was just the way, like, all right, high school baseball season's over. What are we going to do? Now we've grown a little bit more. We've um, started making money on this thing. I'll say that, too. Like, we're being transparent. Um, No one's getting rich, but, you know. Anyways. It's just Yeah, it, trust me. Trust me, <laughs> trust me. It's but it's, the point is we didn't, down we didn't want to go away. Yeah. Money. We did, we didn't want to go away. We were we won't be as frequent in the off season. You won't hear from us weekly, but we are shooting for with the exception of July because I'm going to be gone for literally the entire month. Um with the exception of July, we're going to shoot to try and do Twice a month, so once every two weeks, we'll have a CWB throughout the off season. Uh, keep it going with the interviews. We can do way too early Super Twenty Five stuff, looking to twenty twenty four. We can talk about players who commit. We can talk about summer ball performance. We can get into more college baseball stuff. We can do a whole lot, and so we are excited to continue on through the off season for the first time. Um, obviously, we're we're in the infancy stages of planning next year's CWB draft, but that is in the works and planned for and happening uh, as as far as our powers go that'll be happening again um we are of course planning on going to the mhsbca convention again this year we are planning on going with a little bit more of a uh, a plan uh, as far as as far as how to do it the right way we show. Up? Uh, i should probably show up to
0: soaring eagle before noon yeah. shout out Cody shout out Cotty. <laughs> showed up at his house at seven in the morning he's like bud we're not leaving until 10 i was like well, yeah. hold on a second <laughs>
1: And then you had the longest lunch at Big Boy or whatever it's, on the way up. It, yeah. Culvers.
0: <laughs> Culver's. And it's usually it's yeah the line was absurd, it's and it's usually quite the opposite when it comes to anything that I do with my buddies, as you probably know very well, is that if you tell me to be there at seven a.m., I'm usually there at ten a.m. I'm not usually the one that's there at seven a.m., but we're not leaving until ten a.m. It's, it's <laughs> far more often the polar opposite, but that day it was not. That day I was I, that day I was ready to host a live show. I was yeah. I woke up born with that innate ability and uh, you know, we got through, got thrown a few curveballs, but we did our best I think. And now next year we can do it even better and we both, both sides know that. So we're excited.
1: So what I think we're going to end up doing is um, shoot for maybe an hour of a li- of an actual live show from the convention, but then also record, uh, with a bunch of different interviews, a bunch of different whatevers, we'll record episodes from there too that aren't yeah. necessarily live. But then we'll release throughout the month of January or whatever. I think that's probably the better plan than having a four-hour horrifying audio environment. Us trying to talk episode like we did. It was cool though. Like I'm glad we went. I'm glad we yeah, did. It. No, we, it was. Now we know how to do it better. You, you know what I mean? So, right. uh, oh, well. but yeah, yeah, that's enough about Cold Weather Bat's plans. Um, we're not going anywhere. Like we said, you won't hear from us in July, uh, with the exception of maybe depending on when the CWB awards get, gets released, but you, you will not hear from us in July because I'm not going to be home and I won't be sleeping more than four hours a night. So, um, (laughs) so we're going to take a little break. We're going to take a little break in July so that I can do my day job. Um, but Brandon, let's, uh, let's dive into it, man. We're going to break down the final fours. We're going to talk about what we saw. We're going to talk about storylines. We're going to talk about players, um, and I think obviously we got to start with D one. I, I mentioned it in the intro here. It's it was a wild year in D one. None of the Betty the Betty betting and heavy combo there. None of the heavy <laughs> favorites uh, made it to the final four. None of the perennial powerhouses made it there. St Mary's was not there. Brother Rice was not there. Northville, who I thought was the best team in, in Michigan this year, was not there. Um, Bay City Western, who spent some time at number one, was not there. Battle Creek Lakeview spent some time in the top five, was not there. These powerhouses, you know, neither of the Gross Point schools were there. Um, none of them were in the final four, Brandon. None of them were in East Lansing. And, and like obviously that set up such a great dynamic in and of itself before we even saw it all play out. Like that was cool right away.
0: Yeah. Uh no, the the whole the whole year was absolutely, I think, just kind of bonkers in a way, just in that things that we didn't really expect to happen, happened, And like throughout the playoffs, too. I mean, like nonstop, like every every week there was there was like another like a jaw dropper for us. And I think beginning of the year, a lot of the teams that you saw kind of start slow, as you as you kind of mentioned, they heated up and he's up at the right time. I think the best callback of the year uh I think the best callback of the year for me was the episode where we preview districts. So not the post district, but the preview of districts, that episode, when we did that show, I remember we were breaking down each district and I was like, man, Novi is going to be dangerous come playoffs. Like Novi is one of those like sneaky teams. I remember saying that and you know, like for those of you at home, uh, Dan Greasbaum Jr. always brings a notepad with extensive notes to our show. He is unbelievably prepared and i applaud him for it i i don't show up with much besides my monitors my eyeballs my ears and my voice and so usually when we're having this commentary you know i'm saying things based on what i know and and i'm and i'm giving analysis but i'm not always rock solid think i'm going to be right on all of it the novi thing i was just like they're gonna be dangerous and then they go and they win the state championship and everything kind of you know becomes what it is so yeah it's just a crazy year like storyline wise for so many different reasons but i think i think novi's got to be like i think the the best storyline of the year which is like low-hanging fruit but i mean to beat the teams they beat on that run you know northville cc uh, a couple others that were real good too uh who, was Grant blank one of them or who, who beat Grant blank no, Dakota beat Grand Blank. Mm-hmm. Either way, they, they beat a, a well-oiled machine in Northville and a few others. So, um, you know, I just think Novi's got to be, for me, the best storyline of the year.
1: And shout-out to Grant Blank. Uh, not ranked at all this year. They were young. They were um, – it's hard to say rebuilding in high school because, you know, like when I think of rebuilding, I think of like adding free agents in the draft, and you don't do that in high school unless you're IMG or whatever. Um Or if if you're in Florida, high school was free agency in Florida. Anyways, um, what was my point there, Brandon? I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, you know, I was going with something. But anyways, you think of reloading <laughs> – like, I think of rebuilding, the phrase rebuilding, and, and it, it doesn't fit with me for high school. But anyways, Grand Blank was, was not supposed to have, like, an incredible year. They were super young. Obviously, David Valley graduated. He's at Notre Dame, won a state title in 2021, came up short in 22. But, like, this was a year of, like, all right, let's develop our young guys, and then next year we're going to be really, really good again. They won the region. Not out of nowhere. They're a good team. But this wasn't like a world beater Grand Blank of, of like the last couple of years. So, you know, shouts out to Grand Blank is all I'm saying on that. Win a region in a year where you're not really supposed to develop some young guys. You have a budding next ace in Warley there. Watch out for Grand Blake next year. That's all I'm saying. But now let's talk about the final four that actually happened. Brownstown Woodhaven beat Macomb Dakota six to four in a game they had to come back in, like we talked about already, a bunch of those. And Novi beat Madawan four to one in ten innings. That was an awesome game. Um, our guest today, Andrew Abler, pitched in that one. I believe he went seven, allowed one run. Um Maybe he even went eight. I don't remember. Seven, I think. But it uh, pitched a comp- what would have been a complete game. They went to extras. Yuli uh, Fernsler came in and, and was excellent out of the pen for no- for Novi in that game. They managed to score some runs in the 10th to win that one. And then they move into the state finals against Woodhaven, and Fernsler takes the mound again and won it. They went eight to three. Um, he pitched great. That's we've talked about him a couple times already on the show. Is like a guy out of nowhere for me personally. This year is now a guy to follow in a, in a close way. But Novi is your Division One state champions. They're first in history, uh, is my understanding. We'll talk to Andrew Abler a little bit later on the show. He gives us some great insight into kind of the Novi. Um, like kind of cultural landscape from, a, from Novi High School and the community that, that goes into it and how important this was to them and the coach and, and all the above. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But, uh, Brandon, I, I mean, not much to say here that hasn't been said already. Shouts out to Novi. An incredible run. They did it with pitching. They did it with balanced offense. They did it with defense. And from our conversation with Andrew, it sounded like, uh, you know, just team. Being a team, knowing each other for, for 10 years and playing together for that long and, and like really developing as a team and having short-term realistic goals and, and following them and breaking them and then moving on. and, and Just uh, credit to Novi on a great year and congrats to them and, and obviously the whole community at large.
0: Yeah, and getting getting one for, for Coach Green was obviously really important to them and I thought that was cool and clearly it means a lot to the community to get him one, so uh, congratulations to him as well. And that brings us into Division 2 where a familiar face finally uh jumped the hump and made it happen uh, after getting there last year and getting close this year it seemed like I mean that's why I picked them I think they had been there before and this one felt different and so um and they did and and here and here we are so what happened in D2
1: So Division 2 as I said was it was four of the powerhouses it was four of the favorites like you know before the season we talked about how there were five or six maybe seven Really, really strong Division Two teams, and four of them made up the final four in East Lansing. Uh, uh, Stevensville Lakeshore wasn't there. That was another one of those teams, and obviously, our preseason pick, Bay City John Glenn, wasn't there either. That was another one of those teams we thought. Was yeah, that fantastic. was the biggest
0: shocker. I think that was one of the bigger shockers of the whole tournament was that they ended up going down.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was our favorite in D two in a, in a division we didn't really feel confident picking in because there were right. so many uh, good teams, but you know. Yeah. That was our favorite, but anyways, the four that were there, Grand Rapids Christian squared off against Powers Catholic in the semifinal and Liggett against Forest Hills Eastern in the other semifinal. Obviously, Forest Hills Eastern, the winner of D2 uh, last year. St. Mary's was in D2 in 21 and 19, so they won those two, and I believe it was Lakeshore that won in 18 maybe. Either way, Um so some familiar faces here, but and, and like you said, Grand Rapids Christian getting over the hump. They beat Powers Catholic four to nothing, and what was a great game. Um, some defensive miscues on the part of Powers. GRC basically just played a better game. They played a cleaner, like more cohesive, consistent, limiting mistakes type of game. I would make the argument that Powers mistaked their way into losing that one. Um, Grant Garman pitched really well with the exception of a little bit of, a uh, shakiness in the, in the middle frames, but I thought he pitched really well. Um, GRC got enough to move on from there. And on the other side, it was Liggett in a really close game against Forest Hills Eastern. Uh, and that was again, the Joey Randazzo threw a complete game shutout in, um, I think. I don't want to say. I think he went CG shutty. I know he obviously threw a shutout. I think he went the whole way. He went complete game, yeah. Yeah. Complete game shutout for Joey Randazzo there in the semifinals. And that's a, you know, that's a situation. And we've talked about the the approach and sort of strategy as far as like throw your ace, don't throw your ace, you know, whenever it is, there is no tomorrow, blah, 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 blah. Preston Barr was Liggett's ace this year. They saved him for the state final. And he, you know, he's through the state final because Joey Randazzo threw a complete game shutout in the semi. So that kind of flips on its head, you know, from other guys we've heard. No, throw your ace, you have to get the first one, blah, 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 etc. Right. But unique in and of itself. But uh, Liggett wins that game two to nothing. Great pitching from Joey, as we talked about, they get just enough offense. And then in the final, another great game, GRC ended up winning two to one. They were up two nothing early. It was uh, there was a triple in the gap that scored two unearned runs that I believe uh, they were they were on base via error. I tuned into that game just as the triple happened. So I don't even it was an error I think that that allowed base runners on in that situation. But one swing of the back kind of did it. Um, from there, it was really good pitching from a couple different guys from GRC. I believe Uckman started that game. Um, brought in a reliever who Liggett couldn't figure out either. They made some charges. Uh, I think there was a situation where there was first and third with nobody out, and then they got one that inning, and that just wasn't enough. Um, so Grand Rapids Christian is your Division Two State Champions af- at long last. Brandon, we've been talking about them since we started the right. show. as a good program. Yeah. So uh, obviously, shouts out to them.
0: Yeah, I, um, I think Uckman was – steady Eddie the whole game and just made things happen for Liggett on the mound or not for Liggett, but for Christian on the mound. Uh, and then Christian had had enough to get by in the offensive side of it. And uh, I think they just, that game was going to come down to a few different things, but really it was could a uh, Christian control the top of Liggett's order. I mean, that was really the difference in the game. I think was if they could keep that order at bay, if they could minimize and keep them off the bases as much as possible, they were going to win the game, which doesn't sound like rocket science, but that's truly what it was because I, I thought that Christian could do enough offensively if they could keep the top of that, that top of the order uh, quiet. And if they kept the top of the order quiet for good I thought uh, the bottom half, you know, would would struggle to, to make up and compensate for what, for Christian put on the board. Um, but that being said, uh, that's not even really how it went. It was just a pitcher's duel. It was yep. just both guys pitched their tails off and uh, there really wasn't much separation or anything like that. It was just a, you know, Christian was up 2 0 for a while for what seemed like a year, and then Liggett, you know, clapped back a bit and got, you know, cut it to one and then in the last inning came close, but um, you know, couldn't couldn't make it happen. So uh entertaining game though. Great, like two extremely talented teams who play the game extremely well and they're fun to watch. It's one of those games where you feel like you're watching a state championship for sure. I think those I think that was probably your two best teams in
1: division two this year. So you know, the I, total runs scored in the division 2 final four. 9. Wow. 9, nine runs from uh, across 3 games. So obviously pitching dominated. Uh GRC was showing that they could do that all year, uh, you know, like they would win games 2 to 1 and 3 to 1 or whatever and like they would even win games 5 to 1 where it was like you know, they had a bunch of walks and there was a couple errors but they weren't really hitting. Um uh, they always had the the pitching and the defense to to win close games if they had to. And I think that that sort of practice or whatever like that sort of uh understanding of how to win those games does nothing but help you in the postseason where even if it's not a pitcher stool, it's probably going to be a close game because the teams are so evenly matched once you get to the end um so credit to them again man I, I mean shouts out grc obviously we're we're big fans of the program um you've coached kyle remington i'm a fan of kyle remington i pseudo coach jackson isaacs in a uh, perfect game showcase i Totally neglected Pseudo. my duties. Totally neglected my duties as an evaluator to sit in the dugout and pretend to coach. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to count that. Uh, you know, it's so shouts out to the boys, uh, and they should. They, I think they bring a, a fair bit back next year, including Isaac. So it should be another challenger next year, and, and um, Liggett will obviously bring back Barr and Reggie Sharp. Uh, amongst others on that team, Powers Catholic's going to bring back both of their two studs and Garmin and, and uh, Isaac Sturgis and D2 shaping up again to be a- another really strong uh, division in the state next year.
0: And then we had a huge surprise, I think, in Division III. Yeah. I mean, just a monstrosity of a surprise in Division three, Um because I-, I thought, I just thought for sure that was going, and it's baseball. So, I mean, I'm not saying like, i was floored or anything don't get me wrong i mean these things happen um but i really thought i was gonna win and d3 i thought that was i think you and i both agreed that was the most sure thing we thought of the final four of any final four um and i also think it might have been our most sure pick even before the postseason started and mm-hmm. it might have been our most sure pick be- beginning of the year maybe i'm not entirely sure on that but definitely the, those the the last two uh so what happened with uh, with Algonac and, you know, Kasner obviously pitched his tail off in the semifinal, um, but Bridgman, man, you know, it's time, to, it's, it's, you know, Algonac is definitely the, the name we've talked about most and the name that's gotten the recognition on the show, but, but Bridgman is the is the champion in D3 and, and pretty convincingly as well as they, I think, left the field last Saturday unequivocally letting everybody know exactly who they were if they, if they didn't prior uh, mm-hmm. with the way that they won that state championship game against the, an extremely good uh, Division Three team in Algonac. So, uh, what happened? Break down the game for us. I didn't have a chance to watch that one. I watched the uh, I watched Division One and Two, but I uh, could not watch Three and Four, unfortunately. Um, so, if you got a chance to watch it or if you got the recap on it, give it to us.
1: Yeah, it was just a kind of a full frontal assault from Bridgman. They were were not intimidated. They showed up ready to play. Um, Algonac, It felt like. You know, and this isn't their fault. When you beat the crap out of everyone all season, why would you expect to do anything else in the last game? So, you know, I, I think they were a little shell shocked when Bridgman came out and punched him in the mouth. Um, but you know, especially coming after coming off of such a high of winning the semifinal, where Josh Kastner kind of just did it himself, uh, hit a tank and and threw a complete game or whatever. But um, either way, like Bridgman, we say it was the most out of nowhere for us. And that's true, but that's talking about us specifically. Just because we didn't know anything about Bridgman, that's not to say it wasn't expected by other people in the state. I just I didn't know. I you know I didn't even know Bridgman was a city until this year. I think. Um, and that's right. no that's no disrespect. There's just a lot of schools right, right. That we don't know exactly. about. Yeah, you know, there's just a lot of schools we don't know about yet. So, you know, shouts out to Bridgman. I wish they'd retweet us on Twitter. Like we've been trying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for, we've been begging for that bridge. We've, we've been trying, uh, but you know, I mean, man, that's that's a great story. Like that's the kind of thing that you don't necessarily see a lot of anymore. You know, um, is that out of nowhere, we we were the guys that cover Michigan high school baseball. Like, there's not many of us who do this, right. and so we we didn't even know about them. And, and coming out of nowhere to win a state title over over what we thought was, um, you know, like a, a kind of Titanic. Not to make a oh, know, not to, too not soon. To, not to make a joke about the Titanic, but uh, you know, I I would not choose to go to the bottom of the ocean in a bathtub. That's just me personally. Um, but anyways, shouts out to Bridgman, seven to one winners over Algonac. Algonac took down Lansing Catholic four to one in the semi. Bridgman in a close one over Standard Sterling three to two in the semi, and then obviously Bridgman over Algonac seven to one in the final. Bridgman is your division three state champions this year, a year after um, Buchanan won it last year, right? So the the Division 3 state championship trophy will stay in Southwest Michigan. Uh, I actually looked this up. Bridgman to Buchanan is like a 20-minute drive. So, you know, shouts out to Southwest Michigan, that pocket of the the state that somehow all Chicago and Notre Dame fans uh, (laughs) went in the state championship in back-to-back years in D3. So, uh, let's flip it over to D4, Brandon. This one was good for a couple of reasons. Um, we thought Plymouth Christian was kind of, an, uh, not to make another one, but an unsinkable ship heading into uh, the, the Final Four here. They had cruised through their playoffs. They had really beaten pretty soundly some teams in D4 that we thought were really, really good. So we both picked them to win the state final uh, in D4, but that was not to be. They beat Rudyard 8 uh, nothing in the semifinal. Um, Again, shouts out to Rudyard, Coach Billy Mitchell, back-to-back years in the Final Four out of the Upper Peninsula, which is damn near unheard of, if not totally unheard of. Um, So, shouts out to the Rudyard boys for another great season. Uh, Talked to Coach Billy. He said that they were young. They took their lumps this season. It, It showed up in the postseason. They made a run, and they are expecting huge things in the program continuing forward as uh, baseball is given more of an emphasis there thanks to Coach Mitchell. So, shouts out to the Rudyard boys. Shouts out to the Upper Peninsula. Uh, another good season, fellas. Uh, and then on the other side, Beal City took down Hackett 8-0. to uh, Beal City, we'll talk about them in a second when we talk about the final. But Hackett's another young team. Brandon, I, I know you'd, you'd had some conversations with their coach. Um, a little bit of a younger team that maybe was ahead of schedule being in the Final Four already this year. So, uh, certainly a great season for them, and, and they were uh, – they won it a couple years ago, so they're no stranger to being there. But with a, a younger group of guys, being able to do that, being able to get there, that'll do nothing but pay dividends moving forward as they continue to age and they have that experience. So would expect Hackett to be hanging around here for the next couple of years again. Uh, but then in the final, 2-1, to one, Beale City over Plymouth Christian in a low-scoring pitcher's duel. Uh, shouts out to – I think Caden Smith is his name from Beale City. Yep. He's uh, committed committed to Kent State, a two-way guy, shortstop, and, and right-handed pitcher. He's their best player, underclassman, or not an underclassman. He's a junior. He's a rising senior now, but um, he pitched a whale of a game. Plymouth Christian has some dudes on their roster, some guys going to play in college, some guys who will end up playing in college. Uh, it was probably one of the more talent-filled uh, Division four state finals in recent years, or maybe all-time, uh, just in terms of the generally the amount of guys who play college baseball from D4 schools versus the amount of guys who are going to play college baseball from these two D4 schools in this one particular year. Um, so that was that was really awesome to see. It was a well-pitched game. It was a well-defended game for the most part. Um, both teams have pretty good athletes. Both teams have some big kids too. So that was it was fun to watch from the little that I was able to watch um, was on the road that day. So it was kind of in and out watching the state finals. But either way, man, Shouts out to Beale City. They lost in the final last year to Riverview Gabriel Richard, um, go Pioneers, and got all the way back to the top of the mountain this year, and instead of being kicked off of it, they uh, completed the climb. So, credit to them, um, and a great season from all four of those teams in D4. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, it was just a really entertaining, I think, playoffs top to bottom. Um, D4 was great. I think the uh, Braden Smith was fantastic, and like you said, I think I think you said it all as it pertains to D4 that I would say commentary-wise that it was just extremely talented this year. It looked a step above what it had been. Um, and I think Braden Smith probably at the front of that. But, um, you know, just a talented year for, for D4 and, again – Shouts out to Rudyard. Very happy to see them make it, um, and and for all those teams uh, to make it in D four because that was a, a division that a lot of people had uh, thought there was there was a heavy favorite there in Mooney as well. Um, yep. And so to see the non favorite win in three of the four division. Well, I don't know. Would you say Christian was the favorite in D two? Probably not. Probably publicly, probably Liggett. Right. I mean, here I, yeah. sure, here sure, I, but like publicly, probably Liggett and John Glenn maybe.
1: Even I think John, like John Glenn in the regular season was probably the favorite, and then once John Glenn lost, I think it probably did become Liggett. Um, I'll actually we we should actually check with uh, check back and see what Gooseboop said last week because he literally had that data. So whoever the favorite was, I, I think it was Liggett by maybe a, like less than a half a run or something like that. But it, regardless, really closely matched teams in D two that played really good games against each other, and like that's kind of the whole point of this thing, isn't it? Right, you know.
0: Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I don't know. It was very entertaining. I think everybody had fun. I think everybody enjoyed it. Um, It was I'm one gonna, of those years. What was that? Go ahead. Please go ahead. I was going to say it was one of those years where you got to see that. Like, I think you got to see a bunch of kids who we didn't have a chance to like predict the whole way. Last three years, we've kind of just been like Mary's, 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 Mary's. Mary's, Mary's mary said so Then this yeah. year it was kind of like, you know what? It's actually really fascinating who's going to win this thing because I honestly have no idea. And then once you saw one fly drop, you're like, oh wow, a fly just dropped. And then like two more drop, you're like, oh wow, like these teams are like losing, losing. And then you're like, who is going to win? And I thought that was interesting. And then in D two it was a little bit more structured, um but you still had teams losing D two that you didn't expect. So it was a good year, man. It was a year of upsets. It was it was a year, like I said in the beginning of the show, it was a year for the guys who. Hadn't had the spotlight much and got it and did a great job in it.
1: We are going to – we're actually not done. Uh, We're going to take you into the interview segment. But when we come back from that, when we close out the show, I'm going to put both Brandon and I on the spot with something that I I swear I haven't put any thought into, and I I know Brandon hasn't either. So stick with us through the interview. We're going to take you into our chat with Andrew Abler, state champion with novi this year and then kind of the undisputed ace of that team two-way guy headed to Harvard next year. Um, so enjoy that. We'll talk to you on the other side of it.
0: This interview and all cold weather bats interviews are brought to you by our friends at Hackett home care, your home for your personal home care needs. All right. It's our state championship interview segment host state championship whatever you like to call it and we've got andrew abler from novi who pitched his tail off did some things at the plate and helped lead a team to a state championship the first one in uh in novi program history Uh, for many reasons a state championship is special but obviously this one is a first for your for your community and for the place you you come from and i think it's just interesting to start with that question like what does that mean what does this mean for
2: novi and for the community Um, I know this means so much to Novi, especially because Novi's had the same coach, Coach Green, for decades. And we've always had good teams, but no team has ever made it this far. And just everyone being finally able to do it for Coach, and he probably only has a few more years left. And it just means a lot to Novi and everyone that's played baseball the whole time. Like, I was at a few grad parties like during our playoff run and a lot of the novi baseball alumni came up to me and my teammates and just said congratulations and they're finally glad that a novi team can make a huge playoff run because it's been so long and it's a great program with a ton of funding and great people behind it and it's finally just amazing that we could do something that it's deserving of
1: so take us back to the beginning of the season or even the off season we're we're coming into 2023 you guys know you're probably going to be pretty good. Maybe, you know, you're not thinking state championship yet, whatever. But, like, on paper, you and Bennett and you got other guys throughout the rotation and you you have a deep offense. Like, on paper, everyone understands Novi's is going to be talented walking into 2023. What, is, what were your guys' kind of collective thoughts in the offseason as you're getting prepared, as you're working out, as you're lifting together, doing whatever? Like, was there a thought of, like, hey, like, we can – you know we can take this thing all the way
2: yeah we had a huge goal of being able to finally beat cc in the district playoffs because every year that we've all cuz we were a young team like when the seniors now and the juniors now were young so we were we played cc twice before and we lost to them in districts both times so our main goal was to just beat cc and finally because there are also our local rivals that was our main goal the whole time and seeing everyone pitch like seeing uh our bullpens of bennett and i throwing we were both in the 90s and then having a lot of other great arms that can throw strikes like Uli fernsler and chapsky behind us we knew that we had the pitching and we just needed to get a few runs across every game and we could make a good playoff run and then i'd say as we started to get closer to the season Uli fernsler got hurt with his knee And he was out for a few months. So then we still had a lot of confidence because we still like five deep of great pitchers, but that kind of like slowed down our momentum a little bit. And then um, our first few games, we didn't play that well. Like we lost a handful of them and it was kind of scary. And it was like a shock, like this isn't going to be a cakewalk just because we have pitching. But then as we started to get closer together as a team and we started to bond, everyone started hitting. And we just got better at defense, and even our pitchers got better. And then Uli Fernsler came back with a key piece in our run. And I think everything just happened together at the right time.
0: Looking back on that that run you guys had, I mean, we were talking about at the front of the show. You guys beat a lot of really good teams in a, in a long time without losing many games in that span. It was from from May sixth until the state championship. You guys lost twice, so between May sixth and June seventeenth. That's a pretty long time, nearly a month of just pretty much winning exclusively. So looking back on that run in the playoffs, I mean, you guys had wins over CC, as you mentioned. The Northville win was obviously monumental, but uh, you also had wins over Heartland, and and obviously the Madawan game, where in each game you guys were probably on an evenish type of playing field. I don't think it was like a situation where you guys were going in and overpowering anyone. You were going to have to compete every game and. You guys continue to do that. So, if you had to pick out one of those games that you were maybe had the most fun in, uh, and just kind of take us through that game and, and what that was like for you,
2: um, I would say definitely the most fun. Even though I wasn't pitching this game, it was probably the CC game because we just wanted that game so much. Like our group chat name in like Snapchat of all the team was called District Champs because that was our goal the whole year to beat CC in the district uh, championship. And we all just wanted it so more that Bennett, like, was – we all – Bennett walked onto that field that day with, like, something different, and he went out there and shoved, and everyone caught barrels on great pitching. And I feel like that attitude, that group attitude, set the tone for the playoffs, and it was just really fun because we really wanted to win our district more than any other team.
1: For those listening at home who may not be familiar with Southeast Michigan geography, Catholic Central, the C.C. is referring to – Detroit Catholic Central, as it's known, but it's located in Novi. So these uh, these guys have some serious like intercity hatred uh, for each other. You know, classic private school versus a uh, public school mentality, I'm sure. But um, two really, really awesome athletics programs historically, not necessarily just in baseball, right there in Novi, which is cool. But um, moving on from that, Andrew, something I found interesting, which isn't always the case, is – It felt like every single one of your pitchers was also a key piece of the offensive lineup. Like everybody was a two-way guy. Everybody was counted on to hit as well as pitch. Can you dive into that a little bit? Maybe the development of that in the offseason, how you guys work on developing both ways? Because in modern baseball, POs at the high school level are more common than ever. So seeing a team like yours, it was a little bit unique.
2: Yeah, I would just say that um – we a lot of us grew up playing the same team and we always pitched and hit and it was just collectively and we kind of came with the attitude of from the beginning of the year we're not going to have any one hitter that's a stud I mean Bennett came out to be a like a actual stud hitter but in years past it's been everyone hits good and we didn't really have any studs that would like drive in the balls so that kind of gave us that attitude of everyone just takes at-bats for the team and no one really tries to overpower and hit home runs and everything. And I think that attitude kind of led more pitchers to have good at-bats because of that mentality of hit to score runs, don't hit for average. Because like we like we said, we have a lot of pl- players going on to play in college. And as of right now, only one of them, Brett Reed, is committed as a position player to Lawrence Tech. So we all just knew that to win games, we need to hit for the team.
1: Take us back to the final four a little bit here. This is more recent. We're going to fast forward in time a little bit. You start the semifinal game. It's You're locked in a close one. You pitch well. Fernsler comes in out of the bullpen, shuts it down, and then he goes CG in the final. So you you only needed two of you to win both of those games in East Lansing. Just uh, I talk a little bit about that, how locked in you guys were, what the game plans were against those two teams. And just that, that was something that we don't always see either, is there's two guys doing the job.
2: Yeah, I would just say we we expected me to go seven against Madawan and Uli to go all seven in the championship because Bennett was unable to pitch for some reason at that time. And because of that, after it was extra innings, we needed to win that game. So Uli kind of came in, and we didn't really care about if he was going to go above 50 pitches or not. We needed to win that game to advance. And Uli happened to get 40-something pitches, which was just under the amount to pitch in the finals. And Uli was just locked in. I'd say about, like, pitching in the big stakes with Uli. Uh, His freshman year, he got put in in a very close game against Northville. It was 0-0 in the bottom of the seventh. And he had the freshman jitters, I like to say. And I feel like he gave up that run and we lost that game. And ever since then, I think he took that experience personally. And in the biggest stakes of, like, the huge pitches that you need to make, ever since he's been our guy like in the championship and in the semifinals he got us out of a ton of near game ending jams and he just got ice in his veins and i feel like that experience his freshman year really set that tone
0: speaking of speaking of experiences uh i mean you're about to have a pretty big one going to harvard pitching at harvard uh it comes with a lot of i would imagine perception Of the standards that it's going to take to succeed there both academically and athletically i just wonder kind of what your ex why you i mean obviously choosing harvard isn't that hard when you have the option to do so but getting there earning it and being able to continue uh to hold that commitment throughout high school is an accomplishment in and of itself now you embark on the hard part of it which is actually going to do it so um you know what are you looking forward to there and why did you choose harvard
2: um i would say i chose harvard My family always wanted me to try and go to a school like Big Ten or locally with, like, a lot of, of course, baseball. But me personally, I always valued the academic prestige of a school a ton, like, almost more than baseball. Just because I've worked so hard my entire life for academics and say, for some reason, like, my knee goes out. I'll always have academics and, like, the good degree, but baseball is not always guaranteed. I do love it more than anything, but I just feel like it was a smarter choice to go value academics. So throughout the recruiting process, a lot of the schools I were talking to were all high academic. Like my final three that I was choosing between were Northwestern, Villanova, and Harvard, because I narrowed Harvard down from majority of the Ivy Leagues. And then I went and visited all of those and did some camps. And after just seeing the team culture and like the way that Harvard does stuff and talking to a few of the players, they all just seemed like they absolutely loved it and that it wasn't too stressful, even though it seems like it would be stressful compared to they just seemed like it was way better of an experience than the other schools. I'm sure the other schools were great, but Harvard just stood out from all the other schools.
1: And obviously, a Harvard degree at the end of the day is not a bad thing. Um, as, as a proud CMU alum, I can't speak to, to a Harvard degree, but, uh, you know, I'd imagine that that's a pretty good thing. Um but, Andrew, all right, we want to do just a couple with you here as we, uh, we close up this section of the, of the show, but wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of, um, you know, bid your farewell to Novi if you wanted to on the show. Um, you know, just to thank whoever you need to thank, something like that. Obviously, this is going to have a little bit of a platform, and you as a senior are done playing there. right? So anything you'd like to say to that effect, the floor is yours, man.
2: Uh, I would just like to say first I love to thank my parents for choosing to move to Novi at a young age before school system. They A big uh, part of them choosing like where to move was the school district and they wanted me to be with great people and end up choosing Novi. It was the greatest people inside and outside of baseball. The school in general was great and our coaching was great and I would also like to thank Coach Green and uh, Coach Beaton. Mostly them two because they've stuck with me my entire childhood. Coach Green is the head coach, and Coach Bean is the pitching coach. To clarify, like when I was like 10, I'd go up to the high school and take swings, and Coach Green and Bean would always come over and talk to me. And they'd always say, Your year is going to be the year that we go far just because of all the talent we had young. And they said that uh, it was just going to be a great experience. And sure enough, high school came and we were. Became loaded, and Coach Green, Beaton, still put all of their trust in me and the other kids of my age, and I think that made a big impact for it. And then I'd also like to thank the players on our team this year. Most of them on the team, with the exception of Bennett and a few of the sophomores, the juniors and seniors this year, we all played together our entire childhood on the Novi Heat, and I feel like us just playing with ten years under our belt almost just set the tone for us to come out and know the insides and everyone's swing and everyone's position. I feel like that led us to a good thing. But Novi just overall, it's been a great experience. I've looked a lot on back on it and it's just been really happy. And I'm really glad that I chose it, especially because my parents gave me the chance of choosing CC to go to school. And I thought about it, but then I was like, no, I have to stick with Novi and it's the best decision I've made
0: that's very well done so without further ado that's 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 the uh, that's the salute to Novi and you went out with a bang very much so uh, so congratulations on all the success and on the run um, I have not been lucky enough to win a state championship but I, I heard I heard from the guy and the other guy in the show that it's all the jazz so congratulations enjoy it and uh, have some fun this summer before you head off to Harvard and when you get there have some more fun. Thanks for coming on I right. appreciate it yeah thank
2: you.
1: Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed our interview segment with Andrew Abler, state champion, Novi. Um, obviously we talked about it before in our opening segment. I really like the conversations about the community and, and the importance of, of winning in the community. And like, I, you know, I, I get that. I do. I, I, lust for it in a lot of ways like i've only ever coached at catholic schools you know i went to a catholic school like i that wasn't done on purpose it was just like my first coaching job was at my alma mater because like you know it's your alma mater and then my second coaching job was i st mary's which was like how how could i ever turn that down you, you know so like it wasn't like it was done on purpose but i do i, I have always like kind of longed for that um hey, we're closing the town because we're all going to watch these kids play in a state championship. You, you know, like that sort of mentality, that vibe of the community. So that was really, really cool. Um, I appreciated his attention to that detail and, and talking about that. And obviously we wish him nothing but the best as he embarks on his next journey to Harvard to play baseball and, and like, you know, go to Harvard. So um shouts out, Andrew. Good interview segment, Brandon. Obviously, uh, we talked about it just before we kicked it over to Andrew, but I want to put you and I on the spot here to close out uh, this segment of Cold Weather Bats, to close out this episode of Cold Weather Bats. And I want to look into 2024 very quickly. I want us to gut feel using zero of the teams who were in the 2023 Final Fours name a state champion favorite for 2024 in each division. They can't be final four teams. Can't have been the final four this year. Because obviously, like, I think a bunch of those teams are obvious. Like, yeah. Novi should be good again. Madawan should be really good. Um, like, just going up and down the list. You, the whole damn D2 Final Four should be really good. Y- you know, Josh Caster's coming back to the Algonac. They should be good. Y- you know, like, there's we could talk about the guys who were there already. But I'd rather – I like this on the spot a little bit. Pick a D1 – or maybe even we'll, we'll open it up a little more. Pick a Final Four favorite for next year who was not in the Final Four this year. In each division,
0: okay, uh, I think Division One is easy. I think Northville. Um, you know, Norian Broughton's back, right? Yep. Yeah, so that's an easy one. It's low-hanging fruit. I'll still take them. Um, so I'll take Northville in Division One. Um, Division Two. Division Two. Final Four favorite in Division Two was not there this year. It's
1: kind of interesting, Division 2. <laughs> yeah, because the big one is, uh, is losing all their best players. You know, yeah, like, right. so. Dang. Um, I love the, the cacophony of birds outside your window in the background while you think. I
0: think they, they that loud? Yeah, this is like the uh, sound of the music. Or is that what it's called? The sound the of the music. Sound of music. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. 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 All right. Making sure I was getting my point across. <laughs> um, I'm looking at the bracket. This is this is a wildly difficult thing to throw uh, throw in, and I'm and I'm all about it. Uh, oh boy. Um, God, I keep thinking of teams, but they're not in the final four. <sighs> or they were in the final four. I mean, ah stevensville lakeshore don't they lose a lot
1: um i don't know if they lose a lot i know they lose zach warren uh, you know i don't know if there's a lot beyond that but yeah
0: dang man d2 stuff um Huron. okay yeah the airport loses 10 seniors in their region um and Riverview loses 14 seniors. They come out of – <clears throat> I'm sorry. Airport loses 10 seniors, and they're in their district. The other team is Jefferson and then and, and Flat Rock, and I think Huron's going to come out of that district next year. And then our district would be GI, Trenton, and Riverview. Trenton's going to be loaded next year. Riverview loses 14. Um, you know, we're replenishing uh, – well, we're, we have all the same guys coming back for the most part, but um, it'll still be tough for us to be Trenton. Regardless, I think Huron is better – um, than those teams. I, th- I think Huron's a good pick, uh, because they have an easier path to open up with. And then, um, but they still have a ton of pitching, man, like a ton. Um, they still are extremely deep. Their eighth grade team has had an amazing year there. Um, JV team was fantastic. Their varsity team obviously was, was you know, a ninth inning wild pitch away from advancing. And uh, they do lose Muzzy and, and Cole. And, um, you know, those are big names and a couple other guys too. But I think that they are the most prepared team to uh, rebuild into the next year. And I wanted to say them initially, but I wanted to give other teams a look. And I just couldn't find anybody convincing enough. So I'll go with you, Ron.
1: Um, my division won, by the way, because I realized I didn't say it. Oh. Uh, I I agree with you that Northville is like the slam dunk. Um, but hmm. how about Detroit Catholic Central? Yeah, I like There's that a mine. lot. There's mine. Let's do that. Uh, and then in D2, I, Stevensville-Lakeshore for me. I was trying to talk you out of picking it so I could. Uh, yeah, Stevensville-Lakeshore in <laughs> D2 for me. <laughs> um you know, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm an expert. I just expect them to be really good every year, and they were, you know, one game away this year or whatever. So, I'm um, going to go with with uh, Detroit Catholic Central in D1 and Lakeshore in D2, and we are going to move on to Division Three now, Brandon. This doesn't get any easier, does it? It's only
0: going to get harder. Only because of the impromptu. I I. And I'm not, I probably wasn't going to prepare, even if I uh, Edison, yeah, seems like a good, seems like a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, if I didn't pick Edison, maybe, maybe uh, Standish, I mean, they, they've they been good for a few years now in a row. And I want to remind everybody, I'm saying this without knowing as much as I should know about Division Three um, at a deeper level. Um, but year to year, Edison seems to be the team. That is most consistently at a level mm-hmm. that's going to compete um, for the length of the tournament in Division Three. Um, is Kasner back for Algonac? No, right? Yes, he yep. is. He's
1: a yep. junior, He's twenty-four. Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, they obviously don't qualify, but yeah, we'll throw them in there too.
1: But yeah, that would be my pick. I'll go with Edison. I agree with you on Edison. Uh, you know, like I think they're gonna. I think their stars are both back next year, or maybe not, not even both. I think all their stars are back next year. So like. Uh, and the continuing job that Coach Mark Brown does there as far as, like, developing right. baseball players. Like, you know, I, I'm with you. I think, Edison, they were 2-1 to one in a 10-inning game away from, uh, had, you know, a state quarterfinal this year. So who knows how that could have ran. But uh, I, I agree with you on Edison. I'm going to pick Ottawa Lake Whiteford. I think uh, that Logan Tamarin kid they have is really, really good on the mound. He's a good two-way player as well. But uh, they were... They came up just short this year. They lost to Bridgman in nine innings in the state quarter, so they were one run away, literally. So I, I'm going to go with them, and I'm just going to f- real quick. I'm going to say, watch out for E-Course next year too. Um, we'll see if they they end up having the steam to get all the way to the final four. But they lost to Algonac five to three in the regional final. You know, came close to winning it there. Had their best season in a long, long time. Um, so going to to say Ecourse is a team to monitor. Uh, next year for sure in D3. And we'll do D4 and get out of here. Brandon, um, D4, take your pick. Doggy. Um,
0: In D4, I mean, probably Mooney, right? I mean, they didn't make it this year. They're still going to be good next year. I mean, they don't have Trent Rice. Do they lose Lutzky too? Yes. So they yeah they do lose some but I think in Division four they, that program is pretty built up uh, with talent you know young old and I think it'll compete well, and play well at that you know against the Division four teams so I will um, I'll go with Mooney but if I'm not taking Mooney then I think I might take uh, I might I might have to stay out of that region because that's where Plymouth Christian is and they had a pretty dominant year. Um, but that's a good region because, you know, Shrine is another team you could go with. Yep. Uh, Mooney's in that region. Plymouth Christian uh, Academy's in that region. Um, so it's a loaded region. I mean, heck, the uh, regional semifinal. So the first game of that whole section of the playoffs is Mooney versus Shrine. Yeah. But seedings could supposedly be happening the mhsa has communicated that they tested it this year and you can go see it on the mhsa's website i mean coaches can i don't know if the public can but i know coaches can i'm sure you guys can um and if you go to the mhsa website and you click on one of the teams that you want to look at for the baseball you can see their mpr so you can see where all these teams were seated don't ask where we ended up it's not an answer i'm comfortable giving right now um but we uh, we might be in line for a new system, a new postseason system next year uh, because they said this year there was going to be a test year. And with such an overwhelming amount of people wanting to go to seeding, we might see it. So the Shrine versus Mooney district might not be the same, or regional semifinal might not be the same next year. Yeah. And, and that could be said across all divisions. So let's hope that happens. And then let's hope after they change – the seating, they then expand divisions to six divisions, so that teams are even four divisions, or I'm sorry, five divisions, so teams can play in a threshold that's not three hundred and ninety three to a thousand, and that concludes my rant and my division four pick.
1: Uh, fair. I'm going to cheat and say Riverview Richard. Uh, <laughs> they bring as back, you should. as you much, should. They pretty much bring back everyone next year, and they have talent, so you know, what expect: them. Even, Yeah, right. Um. yeah, we'll say Riverview Richard, go Pioneers. Um, not saying it because I'm an alum. I do think they'll be good next year. So with that being said, Brandon, that wraps up the 2023 Michigan high school baseball season. Um, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us throughout the course of the season. As we said in the open, we're not going anywhere. This is not goodbye. You'll hear from us literally next week. Um. Yeah, had a lot of fun. It was awesome. It was great. I, I can't wait for next year already.
0: Yeah, and next year starts soon or at least season 4 starts soon. Um because this is officially not the conclusion of season 3, but that will be when we come back with CWB awards next week yes. to wrap up the season and then and then gear up for season 4 uh where we have some real special stuff planned that we can't wait to roll out and you know, we're excited and thanks everybody for listening and continuing to stay loyal to the brand that is CWB. We appreciate it for brian we can close right i mean you can follow us on oh, twitter yeah. at Cold Weather Bats on twitter and instagram and you can find uh brian at b sakowski underscore Sakowski underscore pg and myself at coach underscore b justice and follow us on twitter um instagram is Cold Weather Bats, twitter is Cold Weather Bats. i'm brandon that's brian this has been the Cold Weather Bats state championship recap episode english is no longer being spoken you guys have a great weekend